0: Welcome to the Grow Your Practice Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. And first thing I'm gonna do is walk through um, the, the format for this call. And then what we can do is one volunteer and by the way, you everybody on here: Christina, Ryan, uh, Natalie, Jody. You're more than welcome to turn your cameras on. Um, I like it. I it, it's um, it's the human to human interaction over the last three or four years. So feel free to turn your webcam on. If not, I get it. Um, but yeah, the format here: what we're going to do is I'm going to go through some basic information on a marketing calendar the problems that it solves, why we need to do it. If you're showing up on this, I'm, I'm sure you're going to agree with uh, most of the problems that we experience as practice owners and also why it's important. Um, and then what I would love to do after that is have one of you volunteer, and I will literally walk you through um, how to build a quarterly marketing calendar um, that everybody can understand, and you can take this and apply it uh, we're going to give you a tool, which is the actual marketing calendar, how to fill it out. You can make a copy of the, it's a Google Doc, so you can make a copy of it um, and run with it and apply this for your own clinic. And Andrea did uh, share it there. So let's talk about, the, well, let me ask you this. Why are you here? I can I can make an educated guess from talking with hundreds of owners, but why are, why are you here to learn about cre- how to create a marketing calendar?
1: I think just like anybody, we're always looking for ways to improve or look for a new audience or build upon what we have. So I believe that's, you know, I'm hoping what I can get out of this is new ways to acquire um, uh, ideas, I guess, or how, you know, how to do better than what we're currently doing.
0: Awesome. Thank you. So the normal conversation that we have with an owner uh, when we get to the point of creating a marketing calendar is this. Most of us are time starved, right? We, we don't have a lot of time. And when it comes to marketing, we get really busy with some initiative. Maybe it's treating patients or handling uh, influx or an insurance change or uh, something, an EMR change within the business, right? There's uh, moving offices. Or opening another office, right? There's something that happens where we're occupied with that. We drop the marketing. It's the first thing to go for most of us. And now we have to fill schedules again or fill space. And what most owners will say is, I don't have time. uh, Or most clinicians, most practices, I don't have time. We don't have a lot of time. And every time that we do marketing, it feels like we're reinventing the wheel. So we have to write a new email campaign. We have to write a new patient newsletter. We have to do something different with the doctors. We have to do something different in the community. And then we go do that. And now we're busy again. And we drop the marketing ball. Our census drops. Now we have to go reinvent the wheel. So they we're out of time and reinvent the wheel is the most common uh, talk track that we hear from owners. And as we get into this, you know, other reasons why a marketing calendar is important. There's, there have probably been some things in your history that are the most successful things that you've ever done in marketing your practice, right? So maybe it's a, an ad that you ran online or offline that was extremely successful. Maybe there was a partnership where one of your clinicians went out and spoke in a gym or a yoga studio or a township center, you know, some civic or uh, civil or social organization, and you had an influx of patients from that. There was an email that you sent, something like that. And then we send it one time and then we all have this fallacy that the next time this comes around, rather than putting it on a schedule, we have to, we can't use that same thing again. We have to do something completely new. And there's a simple truth that, uh, I think I've done this training three or four times uh, within the last 60 days, but um, th- there, there's a simple truth that is we will get bored of our information before our audience ever will. So that is really our own block that we have. Um, Yeah, so once you have a successful email campaign, what we, I mean, we've been running the same exact campaign every November since 2011, and it's still fruitful. We've been running back pain and sciatica workshops and then rotator cuff and shoulder pain workshops um, literally since 2005. The first Rotator Cup one I ever did was 2001. So once they're established, we just put them on a a calendar, on a schedule, and then we don't have to, we don't get that sense that we have to create something new um, every so often. So if you're just joining, um, there is a link within the chat. Andrew, if you can share that again, that would be great. And uh, do I have a volunteer? You can just unmute yourself and I'll I'll walk an owner through or. A practice through how to create a marketing calendar, and we're little. We'll do it live right here on the call right now. Anybody interested in doing that? I'll try it. Wonderful, you'll try it. So I'll try uh, it. Mm -hmm. This is Seattle, April. Now, um, are you in Seattle, or are you really like in Kirkland?
2: Um, We're actually um, across from Seattle. We're on um, we're on an island. It's called Bainbridge Island.
0: Nice. Cool. So, this is your mark. And before we get started here, um, uh, so twenty plus years, you've been in practice. Um, you and your husband have been in practice. Single location, or you have another one?
2: Uh, we have a single location. We uh, moved out here eight years ago from Wisconsin, purchased this office. So, okay.
0: yeah, nice. Um, and how many? Andrea, what is that yellow thing? <laughs> that I don't so... know how
3: that's th- what that
0: is. <laughs> I feel like somebody's messing with me. That's great. I thought it was on my computer screen. Okay. Um, so 20 plus years, uh, you, eight years in Seattle, you have a list, a patient list? Yes. Okay. And what things, uh, and it can be anything, what have you done that has been successful in your marketing? Oh, gosh. Um, I can help. We'll please. Okay. So patient list, uh, two big things that we can do there. One is a patient email campaign. So an email that's sent to our entire patient list. Do you do that today? Yeah. Okay. And how often are you sending that out?
2: Um, we do, we kind of do like a quarterly newsletter.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll talk about that. Um,
1: uh, I forget how to. Nope.
3: I think it's control return.
1: Yeah, I thought I just did that. I lost it. <laughs>
0: Great. Thanks. Do you send a uh, direct mail to your patient list? We don't. Okay. Um, do you do anything for, and are you uh PT, chiro, podiatry, dentistry, what type of?
2: Um, we are just, we're straight chiro. Yep. Uh, okay. We did just add a, there's an acupuncturist who is in our building or in our office here. So that's fairly nice. new.
0: Okay. Um, and there are subleasing space? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you do anything for local clinicians or businesses?
2: No. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: So not marketing to uh, nurse midwives, functional medicine doctors, anything else across the board? No marketing there? No. Okay. Um, we can talk about that. Uh, And then what are you doing, if anything, April, to the general public? So are you doing anything offline examples would be like print, direct mail, newspaper, radio, television, billboards, or online, which would be like any one of 20 different, you know, social media?
2: Yeah, so we um, are pretty consistent on Facebook, Instagram. Um, We do Facebook ads. They're a little iffy. Okay.
0: So you're basically doing meta ads. Um, Yeah. And uh, they're boosted posts or you're doing campaigns or you're doing organic posts?
2: Kind of organic posts. I haven't boosted anything.
0: Okay. Great. Anything else that you're doing in your marketing?
2: Um, we do, we do internal things, I guess, like, I don't, I don't know if that would, um, fit in there, but like patient appreciation days, things like that.
0: Oh, absolutely. How do you promote that?
2: Uh, well, it depends. <laughs> Again, we try to reinvent the wheel and change things up. Um, so it, it really all depends.
0: Okay. All right. So for everybody on this call, um, the first thing I want to do uh, is explain three levels of marketing of how you think through this um, logically when you're building this out. The second thing that I want to do is, uh, and I'm going to do this first, is tell you what normally gets in the way. So as I'm working here with April, she graciously volunteered um, and we're not related in any way, April, right? Nope. Good, <laughs> um, but as we're going through this, it can be very easy as you're on this call to think, "Oh, my business is different, right? I don't have an acupuncturist. I'm not a chiropractor. Whatever it might be, I'm not in the Pacific Northwest. I didn't move my office, or whatever that. I haven't been in business this long. Um, so, th- what normally gets in the way for most practices is they they start explaining to themselves, "My business is different. I'm here to tell you that my friends, fellow business." owner colleagues that are in every other industry, go through this same process. So first of all, if you hear yourself internally saying my business is different, just shelf that, um, at at least for the rest of our time. The next thing, so three levels of business. If you think about where can we drive new patients from? So what do you call your first visit? Is it first appointment or eval, assessment? What do you call your first
2: um, exam or exam
0: day, day one. Okay. Day one. Great. Uh, familiar with that. So ultimately what we want to do is with our marketing, we're trying to get people to raise their hand that are interested, right? So whether we're advertising online, like with a meta type Facebook or Instagram organic post, um, or a print ad, or they're raising their hand from the email, what we're trying to do ultimately with marketing is get people to raise their hand, and then convert them over to that first appointment that day one, right? So l- let's just think about that. The next thing to think about is where can we where can we get people to raise their hand from? So the most basic level, lowest hanging fruit, is that past patient list. Do you know how large your list is?
2: I I'm looking up because my husband is here.
0: Oh, okay, Right. <laughs>
2: um.
0: How how big is the patient list? About it, ballpark. Yeah, I guess thousand maybe. Okay, like thousand. So a um, thousand patients on your past patient list. My guess is the main thing that you're looking for there is reactivations. Mm-hmm. Somebody who was coming in for care, and because of the pandemic, or because of shutdown, or because of life circumstances, they just stopped coming in. And you want to reactivate them right you Mm -hmm. want to coming coming back in it's the lowest hanging fruit because it's the least time least resources lowest investment you don't have to spend more money marketing you just have to send out an email now that and i i don't want to get lost in the the um, email wormhole but in general what most clinicians do is send out exactly what you're doing april that the, the newsletter in digital format, PDF, or something like that. However, we know from statistics and massive amounts of data, that is not the most effective use of email in terms of generating a reactivation. It checks a box, right? So I'm going to give you a very simple email that you can send out. Can talk about this. Um, at Breakthrough, we have uh, an email system. It's exactly what I use. And it's called a single question email. So for reactivation, um, it's something along the lines of, so it'll be their name. Do you have an email system that you're using right now?
2: Uh, We just do it through MailChimp.
0: Okay, fine.
2: Nothing.
0: Um, Yeah, so in that, it's basically, hi, April, or hi, first name. And then, how have you progressed since the last time we saw you? And that's it. That is the entire email. Um, or some form of that. So we will send it out for uh, diagnostic specific. So for shoulder pain, neck pain, hip, et cetera. Um, In the last 30 days, have you had any neck pain? Kindly reply back and let me know. Some form of that email is amazing for reactivations, right? So we're going to build that into the campaign here. The next level up are referral sources or businesses in your area that have a lookalike list, to your list of a thousand. So you're talking about your target demographic. If if you were to describe the majority of people on that thousand, what, what does that person look like? How old are they? Um, th- yeah. So any, I, any thoughts on that ideas on that?
2: Sure. Um, I would say they are probably forties and above. We ha- we do have a mixture of, um, both male and female, maybe more so female.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Like 60, 40 female to male?
2: Yeah, I would say.
0: Great. So yeah, and ours is very similar. It's a 45 to 64 year old family oriented female. She is the uh, number one consumer in the world at 53 years old and college educated or 49 years old and high school educated. Number one consumer. Guides the most healthcare dollars. Um, she schedules 70% of all healthcare appointments um, in the US. Um, and she's social. So when she comes in for treatment, she is more likely to drag her recalcitrant husband off the couch <laughs> for an appointment. She's more likely to schedule her children, her grandchildren, right. her parents, um, and socially share. So that's uh, very similar to what we have as well. Um. Okay, so that's target demographic, and then we want to think about w- what other businesses is she going to, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for us, it's, um, Starbucks, the gym, the boutique gym that she's going to, Kohl's, Target. Um, we have a Hobby Lobby here, like it, like it, within that plaza, like it's all the same exact thing. I saw you laugh at Hobby Lobby. So I think that resonated, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, But yeah, you want to think about, you know, if I could take another business's list and put it on my list, who would I be going after there? Right. So we have partners, same thing for uh, referral sources. So it might be um, other physicians. um, Nurse practitioners are amazing for us. Uh, PAs, uh, nurse midwives are excellent, like normally believe in conservative care, Cairo PT across the board, naturopathic medicine, um, et cetera. So we, we find a lot of acceptance there. Um, yeah, naturopathic doctors, functional medicine doctors, um, those are, you know, our brothers and sisters in conservative care. Um, that's really who we're looking for, um, because that, uh, the 45 to 64-year-old family we in a female is likely going to those places as well, the orthodontist, um, et cetera. So that would be like the the middle hanging fruit. A little more work, but it's still a warm third-party referral, right? So it's somebody saying, hey, by the way, I trust um, April's group. Sorry, what was your husband's name? Uh, Brian. Brian, Dr. Brian. So I trust Dr. Brian, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the idea there. Um, and it's warmer than cold traffic. So cold traffic is the third group. That's the highest hanging fruit, the most complex. And that's where Facebook, Instagram, um, even some elements of uh, in Google ads, right. Or YouTube ads, those that are targeting the, uh, a lower awareness of potential patient. And it's, a lot of us have this exam room fallacy where we think that we, if we nail the ad to the cold traffic, then the job is done, right? It, it's really the first step just in getting the person to raise their hand. But there, um, yeah, we can talk about that as well. Don't want to get too lost in that. But does that make sense? The three levels. So we have patients, warm third party referrals, or uh, those with lookalike lists, clientele lists, and then cold traffic at the top. So in Um, for October, November, December, and I know we're in the beginning of October here, do you have any predetermined themes? Um, so I I know October is national chiropractic month, right? Yeah. Okay, great. So next October, when this comes around again in September, you're going to know that you're going to start promoting national chiropractic month, um, ahead of time. Sure. So, um, do you know what you sent out? or what you're sending out to your past patient list?
2: I, I, I don't. Yeah. Um,
0: All right. Great. Anything uh, for November or December?
2: Um, Nothing, nothing just yet. We're actually having a meeting this afternoon, <laughs> in which we're, you know, getting everything set up, but.
0: Um, What's the number one diagnosis that you and your husband want to attract?
2: Um, we, we actually are doing um, something with sciatica right now. Great. So we're getting some, some stuff out on that.
0: All right. And then what about uh, December? Is there a second?
2: I don't have anything yet.
0: Okay. How about back pain? Sure. That always works. (laughs) Um, So warm traffic, uh, not doing anything there. And then we have, um, let's call it meta organic posts. Great. So what day of the month do you normally send out your email?
2: Um, We usually would do it the, like the first Monday.
0: So yesterday. Yeah. Okay.
1: So email.
0: Great. November 7th. Um, how many responses do you typically get when you send out an email campaign?
2: Um, it, generally, it's it's minimal, but I think our emails themselves have not um, been very girthy. <laughs> so we just kind of have some general information, things like that on there. Um, I think the call to action is where we need to focus
0: can I give you a, like a, an email crash course? Yes. Andrea, no more than three minutes here. Just nicks me if I go over three minutes. So, um, as clinicians, but when we start working with a practice, th- typically what happens is exactly what you're doing. So don't, it's, it's the most common thing. <laughs> Digital newsletter, send it out. It right. It makes us feel like, yes, we're checking the box. We are sending out email. We're not ignoring that list. Right. On the other end of the scale, so really we could call that 100% goodwill, no call to action, is what you seem to be saying before April. So that's, it's goodwill. On the other end is only offers. So smack people in the face with a a voucher offer or an offer to come in for an appointment or a discovery visit or whatever we want to call it over and over and over again, right? Um, So this one, there's no measurable when it's only Goodwill, we have no measurable conversions, right? right. Or super low. Not the best use. The other right. way, only offers, is we burn our list out really quick. Because it's annoying if you're getting just offer after offer. It's, sure. it's too much. So what we have found, um, and just to give you a context, we send out, uh, I think last year, 2021, was 8.3 million emails on behalf of practices. So like the, the data is there. What works best is goodwill, valuable content, right? And it's very narrow. So for most of us, when we send out a a digital newsletter, it it might have six to 12 different sections or topics in there. Like there's a recipe, there's a word search, there's uh, something about our family, there's something about a, a new hire we just had, whatever it might be, right? There's like too many moving parts. Yeah. The way email is truly used is one piece of valuable content Right. So it's um, just one section of your newsletter. And then what we want to do, I don't think you can do it with MailChimp or constant contact, but for people that interact with that piece of goodwill, then we want to offer them, give them an offer, right? Hey, saw you watch the video on sciatica. What's going on with your, do you have pain, numbness or tingling in your leg? something like that. Right. So we, um, so we're making an offer, but we're only doing it when somebody responds to, they open up our email, they click and they watch the video. Okay, That's ideally what we want to be doing. Right. Um, and it, it, yeah. So just something to think about there. Right. Um, and I'm at three minutes. So good. Uh, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's what we see working the best. There are, so we call that a value, um, valuable, goodwill plus offer. Um, another one is where you're promoting something specific like a national chiropractic month or like, uh, sciatica assessment, whatever, however you're terming that. Um, and then the final one is that single question email, which we use twice a year. Do you have a slow season, a typical slow season throughout the year?
2: Um, well, Once we get towards the holidays, it'll start to slow down.
0: Yeah. Very normal Uh, Thanksgiving through the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do, and here's how to think about it when we go back to our low-hanging fruit, uh, middle and high. When we think about that, what is going to happen here Thanksgiving to the end of the year? Online advertisers are going to ratchet up their spending. Right. Way harder to compete, right? With Kohl's and Target and Hobby Lobby and Starbucks. I mean, they're just going to flood the market there, right? So right. for us to say, hey, we're going to battle our slow season by outcompeting all these multi billion dollar corporations, ridiculous. Mm. Right? Yeah. On the other end, where can we go? Our patient list. So we'll send out that single question email in November right before the holidays. So we we fill our schedule with patient reactivations when it's really tough to compete online or in print or direct mail, right? right. You receive more mail there's and more online, you see more online advertising between Thanksgiving and the end of the year. It's quite possible then you do the rest of the year, right? Yeah. It, we don't shut it down, but it's it's hard to compete there and it's hard to start something new then. Go to that past patient reactivation. That's where the single question email comes in. So we'll say this is.
3: I just put a link in the chat. Um, it's some slides Chad went through in a previous webinar, but in those slides, it has six different marketing emails um, that you can pull from for ideas
0: great so we have the single question email the other marketing initiative that you talked about was uh the organic posts yes all right so um yeah cr- crazy story at, at one point um i made a video top three exercises for back pain and sciatica actually made it for a patient back in 2011 it's like at five million views now it oh, I had the number one view and, and it was just, it was super, it was literally somebody saying, Hey, by the way, this is great. I can sleep through the night. I'm not going to do all these exercises the rest of my life. Give me like three. And I made a video and posted it and it went viral. That type of content, three to five minute content is amazing. What do you, what, what are you and Dr. Brian currently doing when you're doing an organic post?
2: Um, so sometimes I get a little crazy on canva Um, but like we are doing um we did a video with our decompression table and we did a video with our class four laser so it was more interactive um so we're trying to, to kind of ramp up our our video portion of
0: of the posting all right. How are we doing on time here? Um, okay. I can, by the way, for everybody that's on this call, if you have any questions, hype it in the QA or the chat and we'll make sure we get that answered. Um, Andrew, am I allowed to take a little detour if I promise to come back?
3: Yeah. I just want to make sure, like, at maybe at the last 15 minutes or so, we just open it up. Anyone who wants to talk, jump in, ask questions.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm comfortable with that right now. The uh, So if you think about, Um, there's a new thing you can do with Google. You can also, there's another site called answer the public decompression for sciatica. So these are the most asked questions in the world right here. And all I did was go to Google. Anybody can do this. Decompression for sciatica. How do you decompress a sciatic nerve? Right. You could answer that. Um, how long will spinal decompression last? How long does it take for a compressed sciatic nerve to heal? does decompression work for a pinched nerve, right? And then the the neat thing is if you click on any of these, Mm -hmm. it opens up more questions. Great. So I always go through, just look for the most asked questions and then get the top 10. And that becomes 10 videos.
2: That's brilliant.
0: Not one video answering 10 questions. It becomes 10 individual videos, each one three to five minutes. He's likely answering this day to day He probably does it like hundreds of times within a month, right? It's just, just record that. You don't have to do anything different. Um, the there's another format that's really good for organic videos. I got this from uh, uh, John Carlton, who's a famous copywriter. Um, but it's here's what I got, here's what it will do for you. So the benefit, and here's what to do next. Um, there is a, a gentleman in the chiropractic space, uh Eric Berg, does this. Uh he's a DC that does this all the time, primarily around nutrition. Um, and he he did, he f- has been following the same format for 10 years. Like he just he's a machine, just does it over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, so these are the questions. Give him one question at a time, record the answer and post it. And really, if you have all 10 questions within an hour or two, he could probably record 10 different videos and then you have them to post all throughout the month. Cool. That's great. All right. So how often are you posting organic videos? What's the, what would you like to do?
2: Um, I would probably like to do maybe three times a week, two, three times a week. Great.
0: Is, is your husband on board with that?
2: (laughs) Maybe part of the problem is because I always laugh at him. (laughs) It's so awkward.
1: All right, we're just gonna say organic meta.
3: I think one thing to note is, like, if you don't like doing video and being on camera, like, it doesn't have to be video. Right, Chad, why don't you say, like, um, like pick whatever is your strong suit. Like, if you like writing, then, you know, write a blog post or something like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, the what? Um, yeah, If you, video is the easiest. Uh, it's usually the most wonky for us in the beginning as clinicians. But if you can do it and you can record, it's a great use of time. It's a great time scaler. And then we just use, like, a, a rev.com or grain and have it transcribed in the blog posts. Um, So 12 five-minute blog posts is a book, which is kind of crazy. So a five-minute blog post is essentially equivalent to um, a short chapter in a book. He put 12 of those together, and now he has a book on not only 12 blog posts, but also a, a book on back pain and sciatica. All right, so we'll at least have October done for you here. All right. Any other initiatives that you would like to try in uh, the fourth quarter here, April?
2: Um, something I was going to ask about. Um, you had asked me about doing um, like direct mail. Mm-hmm. What's your experience on that? Is that a? Uh,
0: I do. I do a lot of it. Okay. I've been doing it for a while. So we use. Um, it's called. EDDM. Here, this is, I'll show you how you can do this quick. By the way, uh, if you do have a question and you're on the call here, we can open this up at any time. What's your uh, zip code that your practice is in?
2: 98110.
0: One, and Andrea, this is showing the map?
3: Yep, I can see it.
0: All right, so let me scroll down here. 98110. One, there we see Bainbridge Island. Oh no, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Um, So, like, what this does is it will show individual um, postal routes. So, in 98110, what are you near? North, south, east. Uh, South. So, you're down here?
2: Yeah, I would say where that kind of where that little red thing is, we're kind of in
1: the valley
0: or whatever. Yeah. All right, so you're probably this postal route or close to it, like right here. Sure. Um, if we so if we look at your area, um, and I change these data in, so forty five
2: to sixty five. Great.
0: Okay. Right here, um, seventy percent of the pot. So this has six hundred and sixteen postal routes that are residential, one hundred sixteen businesses, um, seventy percent. Of the households includes somebody who's between the ages of forty five and sixty five. It's one point seven four people per household, so not necessarily families, but looks like it's married couples. Average household income is fifty seven thousand. I go around here, so here's a ninety four k, um, even greater percent population, and it's two point two people per address. So if I'm sending a piece of mail. Do you want to send it to the house that has four people living in it, or the house that has one person living in it? The four. Exactly. Pretty simple math, right? Yeah. So we use this. We'll pick the um, we'll hedge our bet where we think um, our target market's living, and then we will send a direct mail piece here. Um, We have lots of examples um, of direct mail pieces. I mean, there's one piece that. I've been sending the same piece for um yeah, again, 10, 12 years. Um, we usually drive them to some to consume some sort of education, whether it is a, a blog post, a report, um, you know, here's how to redeem and order our book. Um, or we drive them to an in house workshop or um does your husband do like a lecture dinner type thing?
2: We haven't done it in a while.
0: Okay. Did it work before when you did it?
2: Eh.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, could, couldn't get people in the room, or had trouble converting.
2: Um, I think it was it was getting people in.
0: Okay, so um, there's one other principle, and then I'll. Um, anybody has a question, I can answer it. But uh, so market message media match. We have six, soon to be seven clinics here um, in central Pennsylvania, even clinics that are. 20 minutes apart April they're very different in how they respond to media so so there's this market message media match is key and anytime you're not getting an adequate response Mm -hmm. um, you can always go back to this principle so market message media match three things have to be in alignment for you to have successful a successful marketing piece number one is a clear target market most of us as clinicians try to be everything to everybody like we don't want to talk about back pain and sciatica because it excludes the person suffering with neuropathy yeah. or shoulder pain or neck pain, whatever we have. To, there's a general rule in marketing is we have to be specific. And it starts with naming exactly who we're trying to target. The next thing, media, is we have to pick a media that they're consuming. So if my target market is 75 year old golfers, I'm not going to use TikTok. They're not there. Right. If I'm, if we're talking about, uh, you know, gymnasts, I'm not going to use, um, or high school athletes, I'm not going to use direct mail, right. It's a a mismatch. So they, they have to be in alignment. And the final thing is messaging. Um, that message must be in alignment with how the target market consumes the said media. So like, it's hard to do a, a three minute um a three minute educational piece and post it on TikTok and have success because TikTok is you have eight seconds right? right or Facebook is the same thing. Like it it has to be in the way that they're consuming that media. So for direct mail, we use um an oversized postcard when we go into an area um and it works better than in some areas for us than others. Like we have a dolphin is our very rural clinic that is a. Uh, it's in a town of about 3,000 people and there's probably 5,000 deer and bear. And they're like, everybody in the parking lot has an F-150 and a shotgun on the book. And like, it is just a different area than all <laughs> the clinics, right?
2: I'll be right back. I'm here. I, I have to plug my computer
0: and I can hear you. Now. All good. All good. So with direct mail, we, we hedge our bet and we use um, a, a piece that they're going to respond to because it corresponds with other things that are in their mailbox. Awesome. So April, I'm going to send this link to you Wonderful. in in the chat. Um, And then, yeah, we can open this for any other questions and you can go through and complete this for your activities. And then the next thing is once you establish it, then it's just sticking to the execution. (laughs) Right. Panicking at different points.
3: I think one of the key things you said early on, Chad, was like, um, this idea of you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time and you can come back to the to the things that work. So, you know, every October, you're doing the same campaigns that you did last October, if those worked for you then.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it looks like we have a few that are in here. If you want to go through these, Andrea. And April, I'm messaging you directly with that link to the doc that we just worked out of.
3: Yeah. So it looks like we have a couple of questions in the chat. Also, if you want to talk, um, you can just come off of mute or raise your hand and and then come off of mute. Um, but I'll go through the questions that are in the chat here. Um, Kristen or Chris Christine or Kristen um, asked, "What email management platform do you suggest versus Mailchimp?"
0: Well, th- this is I'm biased. Everybody should be prepared. So, I mean, we we use Breakthrough. Um, Transparency. I'm an owner at Breakthrough. We use um, the Breakthrough email campaigns. I I can show that. Um, I mean, if if you want to see what that looks like for our clinics, but um, we have everything pre-programmed in, and I can give you a little bit of the backstory. So, um, in November of 2012, I met uh, co-founder here at Breakthrough, Carl Mattiola. Um, he was the. It, we actually met via email. Uh, He was the head of online sales for Tesla Motors at the time, and um, his specialty is email. I had been trying to figure it out as a practice owner and struggled a lot with both online advertising. I had nailed direct mail, um, knew how to do that, but um, radio, TV, fine there, but could not do a lot with, um, uh, did not have a lot of success with email and online marketing, and it was Carl's wheelhouse. So he had done it not only at Tesla, but Johnson & Johnson, three other Silicon Valley startups. And then over the last six years, he has built an all-in-one, um, it's called a CRM, which is a, includes email, texting, phone call, recording. We run all of our marketing through that, and it tracks everything in one place. Um, Andrea did put the link in there, but if you want to see our system and how we use it, um, yeah, that, that would be the way to go.
3: Yeah, the, I'll say the one thing that I think is really unique about it is it is we have a ton of pre-populated campaigns in there. So we've actually done the work of like developing the content um, and it's customizable as well. But you can just like click a button to run a campaign, like one of these single question emails that Chad talked about. Yeah. Um, all right. Next question is from... Um, Joan or Joanne, I'm sorry if I'm butchering y'all's names. Um, is there a specific platform to promote videos? I have been making reels on Instagram on different topics.
0: Yeah. So it, it really goes back to that market message media match. Um, we do YouTube, we do um, Facebook videos, we do Instagram videos. Um, we're testing on TikTok right now. We'll test on Pinterest and Reddit and every other platform as well. Um, we, so there's a couple different ways you can do it. Um, most social platforms want you to post directly to the platform. So in general, if you're using a video warehouse such as Wistia, or you can use YouTube, it's not super friendly to you. Can share the link over, but most social media platform uh, algorithms are not going to favor. Your video. The greatest example and culprit of this is Facebook. They want you to post live directly to Facebook. So for us, um, we're typically, when we do post, and you can find us um, examples, we have one uh, clinical director and partner here at Madden and Gilbert PT who is excellent at this, uh, Matt Conroy, and uh, he'll post frequent videos. Uh, He does them very well, and he posts them directly to Facebook. We will warehouse them um, on YouTube Unlisted or uh, Wistia uh, Unlisted as well, and then share them on the other platforms. But the best way is if you can do it directly to the platform.
3: Cool. Um, We have another question. Is there a specific media better than the other um, for targeting aging adults?
0: Yes. But you're going to have to find it for your area. And this is where the so getting back to that market message media match and not fumbling there. Talk with your patients. You know, we spend more for most of us. We're getting 12 to 20 hours of time with a person for a, a plan of care within a few months, right? Just ask them what they're using, ask them what apps. Are on their phone, don't ask about screen time and weird stuff like that. Like, don't be too big brothery. but just ask them like, are they active on Facebook? Are they active on Pinterest, Reddit, um, Twitter? What are they using, right? And then go to that media. And just remember: always go back to that principle, it's timeless, market message, media match. If you ever fumble and you're not getting the results you're looking for, always go back and look at the variables that are there. Those three things have to line up and you likely are walking over acres of diamonds with your patients as they're coming in, they'll tell you what they're using, right? Um, And one of the most fascinating things I ever did was uh, when we, um, 2015, 2016, when Facebook um, became extremely popular to advertise on, um, we had uh, three of our receptionists, I asked them individually, are you on Facebook? They all said yes. And I said, show me how you're using it. And I literally just stood behind them. They all use their phone. So that's important to understand they're they're on their phone, not on the desktop or laptop. And I said, show me how you use it. And they would scroll through. And essentially, it was two things they were stopping for. Their friends, family, so kids and grandkids, or cute pets. That was it. Everything else, they were just rolling straight through, ignoring. But they would go through. And like, love, care, or you know, thumbs up, and that would—that's how they were interacting. So we wanted to um, do the same thing.
3: Kristen asked if you'll be at PPS, so I shared the link to um, your session there.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'll be speaking. Uh, fr- I believe Friday at two o'clock um, on the five levels of awareness. And how to apply that to a practice. Yep. April, for you, was this helpful? What was the most helpful thing?
2: Um, It was very helpful. I think uh, something that sticks out is when you were saying just Google. Just go to Google. Type in sciatica. Type in decompression type in all of these things and then just seeing those common questions that come up. I thought that was brilliant. Um because I do I wreck my mind about what do we talk about and how do we do this and what topics are you know important. And so that was super helpful to me. Um but I loved all of it. I really did. I thought this was really, really great. So I appreciate you doing this. Great. It was wonderful.
0: I, I do want to hear how you execute. So I'd love to hear back from you after, yeah. um, after you run this.
2: Yeah, for sure. We had, like I said, we have our meeting in a few hours here, so I'm going to lay down the law and <laughs> get the team on board. So I'm excited to just kind of share with them what I learned because it was great.
0: Awesome.
3: Yeah. Thanks for volunteering, April. Yeah. Thank you.
0: How about some lo- some love for April in the chat there. Um, any other any other questions you have on marketing? I have a couple more minutes before we hop into the next next call here.
3: Maybe one question, like we could ask, is um, just like, what are you struggling with most with marketing? What's your biggest challenge?
0: Jody says time. All right, Jody, unmute.
3: Finding time. I mean,
1: I don't, I don't do, I used to do the marketing and then we have somebody here who does the marketing and he is also a PTA. So he marks hours out just to do marketing and that time just seems to fly by or has to be done for something else. Um, it's just a big responsibility. So we all try to help out as much as we can, but there just isn't enough time in the day, I feel like.
0: Yeah. So you nailed a couple things there. And i just personally, um, in the very beginning, uh, I think at one point I was treating like 80 hours a week, um, seven to seven, usually getting home at eight o'clock at night. um, And my oldest son, who's now 19, was born three days after I opened. So horrible timing on my part. Um, Yeah, I opened on a Tuesday. He was born Friday. Um, He uh, and yeah, so seven to let's call it eight o'clock at night, Monday through Friday. And then I would do, um, go in and treat eight to three thirty on Saturdays. And then Sunday was reserved for marketing and admin. And really all I was doing is catching up on paperwork. Right. And, uh, my wife pulled me aside when, uh, she was pregnant with Quinn, our, our second son. Um, by the way, we have six kids, so happy ending here. So it all, it all worked out, but she was like, Hey, uh, money's great. I'm glad that you're still open Um, and uh, it looks like this is going to work out, but um, you have to figure out how to manage your time. And one of the greatest things I ever did was on Friday, I would block uh, 60 to 90 minutes for marketing. And it forced me to be super focused and it, it didn't really take off until I said, you know what, nothing else can go in here. I can't fit another eval in, another treatment in, Um, I can't take calls. I can't do an interview here. The only thing that I can do is marketing on this Friday afternoon time block. And um, that is what really got us rolling in the beginning. So with your PTA for that designated time, you just have to help him or her protect that time. So if they have an hour or two hours and give them one thing to do,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? So it it becomes too overwhelming if I'm going to respond to every social media comment and then I have to write an email and then I'm going to do a blog post and all these other things. I get to do one thing. And for me, it, it was at the end of that hour, I wanted one video that I could post um, because I knew if I had that video, then I could have a blog post. Um, we did do the the 12 or 13 um, videos and turned it into a, a book on back pain and sciatica as well. Um, and self-published that. So that it, it's the discipline around that time.
1: absolutely,
0: um, And it, it yeah. If, uh, and just be a pit bull about protecting that time for the PTA. And if you see them sloughing off during that time or doing notes or something else, you just have to walk over and uh, make sure they're, they get back on track. Absolutely. Yeah. Good luck with that.
3: Thanks. It is, it's not easy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, There's a question from Quentin in the chat. Do you have any recommended themes for November and December?
0: Yeah. So November, um, we do a promotion. Um, I wrote about it in Killer Marketing Secrets. We've had trainings on it, but it's called Greatest Promotion Ever. And uh, because we have that slow season from Thanksgiving through the end of the year, like April was talking about, we do um, basically a day of free assessments, um, for past patients. So primarily driving patient reactivations, that's our November theme this year. We're either celebrating 19 years in practice, or I think they themed it around Thanksgiving. Um, December is usually new year, new you, right? Like most people are starting to think about end of the year, want to survive through the holidays. And then I'm going to start exercising, eating right, making major life changes, meditating, whatever it is, right? So I'm going to get back on track. And we, um, that's what we do in December as we talk about that. Otherwise, um, yeah, we, we pick our top three diagnoses. Um, for us, it's uh, rotator cuff and shoulder pain, back pain, and sciatica and knee pain. And we, we constantly rotate promotions for that throughout the year.
3: Awesome. I know we're getting to the end of the hour here, um, but we just got one more question in the chat that I'd love to address if possible.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, the challenge is bringing in patients with the marketing our team has done. Usually new patients are done by word of mouth. Do you have any advice?
0: Loaded question. Uh, thank you for putting this in there. So uh, the, the word of mouth referral, uh, let's talk about that. Most of us as clinicians follow a very similar storyline. And we have this idea because we're trained as clinicians and not as marketers that we're going to provide high quality of care. There's some way that you're saying that it might not be the high quality of care, but is there anybody on this call who's number two in their area for providing quality of care? Nobody's ever going to say yes, right? (laughs) You're better than the clinician down the street. You're better than the clinician that works in the hospital or the healthcare system, right? That's the viewpoint that we all carry. Somehow we think that that translates into marketing, right? And we have, I'm gonna provide high quality of care and rely on word of mouth referral. Where did that come from? If you go back to 1903, the AMA or the AMA predecessor had a practice act. And one of the the leading um, guidelines that they had was they wanted to separate themselves as licensed clinicians from their word was charlatans or snake oil salesmen right? So if you think about the early 1900s, that's what they were saying. And they said, essentially, you cannot advertise, you should be relying on um, providing high quality of care and word of mouth referrals. Over 100 years later, we're still saying the same exact thing, but it's not really marketing, right? So when we're talking about marketing, the most effective thing is patient education. And uh, when we're marketing, there's three things that we can offer. Number one is we can offer uh, a free or discounted product. For me as a PT, a quick example would be a biofree sample or a Theravant, right? Um, or you could offer swag. So, like mugs or, um, oh, I just blanked on what they're called, the drink bottles, right? Like stuff like that. Like we can all offer or t shirts or whatever it is. So, number one, we can offer product. Number two, we can offer a free or discounted service. Um, I did a really good, um, uh, super valuable advice from uh, Jeff Langmay, the smart chiropractor the evidence-based chiropractor on the podcast. Um, and he crushed this idea that, you know, especially in Cairo right now, there's a lot of uh, voucher offers, which are a free or discounted package of services, but yet that it really creates like a Groupon effect long-term where you're you're almost invalidating the value of your own service. Right. And it might be attracting the wrong person in many cases. Um, So we can offer free or discounted product, free or discounted service. And the third thing that we can do is we can offer information. The best information is patient education because it helps. And like I just shared here in Google, if you're answering the most asked questions, that is what people consider bad. That's what Google is telling us. That's what people are looking for. Answer those questions, provide that education. You're already doing it in a one-to-one situation with patients every day. Just step in front of a camera now and record the same exact thing and and get it out to the world. People are going to find that valuable. I could keep going there, but uh, we'll let it go. Hopefully that helps.
3: Thank you, Chad. And thanks so much to everyone for participating and for joining us today. Um, This was awesome. And our next event um, like this is going to be on November 1st. Um, So hope to see you all back then. Thank you so much.
0: Hi, listeners. I think I might have something that you're interested in. Uh, If you are a listener of this podcast, I'm assuming that you're an owner or an aspiring practice owner. And my question for you is, what's the most pressing thing that you're wondering about in growing your practice? So essentially, if you could ask me any question, what would that be? You know, is it something around personnel? Like, you know, how do I handle when team members ask for a raise? Is it something around marketing? Like, should I be advertising on TikTok? Or how often should I be emailing my past patients? Is it something in finance or practice growth? Well, if you have a question, wouldn't it be great if you to get an immediate answer from me to your question? And I think I have something that you might be interested in if that does fit the case for you uh, might be able to help you out. I'm hosting a live Q&A session for private practice owners, and you'll be able to hop on the call and uh, unmute yourself, have your camera on if you prefer, and ask me any question that you might have related to practice growth. Absolutely nothing is out of bounds. And uh, the, the deal is you just need to register for the call. I think we have a limitation on how many people can get in, um we are this is something new that we're launching uh, specifically to the grow your practice podcast but you do need to register so there's likely a link um here or in the uh, get page so you can go there or look in the show notes here for the link but you do need to register for the next live q a session so what's your most pressing question you make sh- make sure that you write that down what's stopping you from growing your practice and the way that you want to grow it. And then join me in the next live Q&A session. And we'll make sure that you get your questions answered. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the grow your practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain, get back to normal naturally.